It was an intense game for the Memphis Grizzlies, a hard-fought victory over the Houston Rockets, and it probably shouldn't have been that close. But, of course, the story of the game beyond the win was the return of John Morant to the Grizzlies lineup in a unique, unorthodox way that got a little bit of traction before the game even began. I'm going to talk about the decision to have John Morant come in the game as a reserve and how it all played out against the Houston Rockets next here on Locked On Grizzlies. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast, a Thursday edition of the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. I am your host for this episode, Joe Mullinax, to Michael Cole, my co-host. Busy, of course, covering John Morant's return for the commercial appeal as the Grizzlies beat writer there in Memphis. So I'm taking this one on my own, talking to you about Grizzlies Rockets and, of course, the return of John Morant. We are proud members here at Locked On Grizzlies of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check us out over on YouTube. Rate, review, subscribe, like, comment, however you get your NBA content, however you start your day in terms of the Memphis Grizzlies. Hopefully you make Locked On Grizzlies a part of it each and every day that we are available. I am Joe Molinax. I'm a Grizzlies columnist for Bluff City Media. Make sure you are joining Bluff City Media right now, bluffcitymedia.co slash join. You can use the promo code Molinax to get 10% off an annual subscription. Plus, you get a 10-day free trial to check out the site, not just work by me and others that make up Grizzly Bear Blues or what once was Grizzly Bear Blues, like Parker Fleming, Sean Coleman, and others. But you also get work from the Memphis Tigers writers, Great Memphis Tigers Discord chats about transfer portal, 901 FC soccer, all sorts of great things. So make sure you're checking out bluffcitymedia.co slash join today. Again, promo code Molinax, 10% off. You can check out my latest piece on David Roddy and lots of other great content as well over at Bluff City Media. The Memphis Grizzlies won a basketball game last night, and that's important, of course, as Memphis tries to hold on to the two seed for dear life. We'll talk about at the end of the show why I feel that is so significant. But obviously the main story of this night, of last night, excuse me, was the performance art that was John Morant. And I say performance art because there were a lot of things going on that you know, I'll wait till I have DeMichael back so he can give me firsthand accounts as to how he felt about things. A lot of awareness of what the perception of John Morant was going to be in his first game returning. And I think that's important to point out that that's okay. That's not necessarily meant as a judgment on my part because when you have what John Morant has to lose, and he said that in the Jalen Rose India interview on ESPN, When you have what John Morant has to lose, those perceptions, making that that push for a redemption arc and a redemption story, that's extremely vital. So, you know, the hoodie that T. Morant, Jaw's father, was wearing, all that sort of stuff that was going along with that, that, that's a topic for another episode. Like I said, I want to make sure I have DeMichael with me to talk about that. But what I am comfortable talking about with you, dear listener, dear viewer, is 
the decision to have John Morant come off the bench. Now, I want to begin by saying that if it is John Morant's decision, and multiple reports or accounts have made it sound like it was indeed John Morant's decision, it was his idea. And if it has to do with his desire to improve his mental health, his continued pursuit and process going through his counseling that he started in Florida, he said, he hasn't said it directly, but he's alluded to a couple of times, that is ongoing. You don't just stop that process. And it sounds like Jaw continues it, even though he's not in that facility any longer. If he felt that because he was so overwhelmed by the events of the last few days, the last few weeks, he thought it was important for him to do this. If it was Jaw initiated, which it sounds like it was, or at the very least Jaw approved, and it helps that mental aspect of things, then I support it completely. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. And now that Morant is back, demand that he start because it's what's best for the Memphis Grizzlies. This is still about what's best for John Morant. Where I have an issue with the idea of Morant being a reserve, because it was the first time in the history, in the history of John Morant as an NBA basketball player, that he came in off the bench. Where I have a problem with it is when people try to make basketball arguments for it, because there is no basketball argument for it. The, the idea that they were playing so well, they defeated teams like the San Antonio Spurs. Oh, by the way, they had to come back from 29 down to win that game. They beat the Dallas Mavericks multiple times. They were wounded multiple times. Luka Doncic didn't play in any of those games. The wins that the Grizzlies have gotten have been lighter victories. And again, that's not a knock on the Grizzlies. Their end-of-season schedule was always lighter. We've talked about that here on Lockdown Grizzlies numerous times. They're taking advantage of it. Good for them. They get to play the Houston Rockets again on Friday. Good for them. That helps the Memphis Grizzlies get into that two seed, which, again, I think is pretty important. Hopefully hold on to it. Maintain it. But to say that they were doing so well, that you're doing it to help Tyus Jones, I've talked about my perspective on this numerous times. John Morant just signed a max contract agreement, right? $191 million over the next five years. Tyus Jones has a deal that expires next season that will be for $14 million next season. They believe it's around $16 million this season that we're currently in. John Morant is your franchise player, your all-NBA guy that if it weren't for the events of the last several weeks and months would almost certainly be all-NBA again. Now it's very much in question, but he is one of the best 12 to 15 players on the planet when he is there. So to make any argument in any way, shape, or form, oh, it's iso ball jaw, he stops the ball, he doesn't allow for Bain and Jaron to get cooking. He needs to learn how to do those things. I'm not disagreeing with that basketball opinion that that's not important. But it sure as hell is not more important than playing John Morant as your main lead guard. That matters more. Now, again, this was the first game. Again, this was Ja. Again, it sounds like it was initiated by him. Cool. If it's for his mental, if it allows for him to get more comfortable, get back into the swing of things, I will never judge John Morant for that. He has to do what's best for him. And if the Grizzlies agree, cool. My issue is with people on Twitter, on blogs, 
other places that tried to make it rational from a basketball point of view. It's not rational. It's not. Tyus Jones is not John Morant. Tyus Jones is not an MVP caliber player, a most improved player, a rookie of the year, multiple-time all-star starter. Oh, but Joe, it matters who closes the game, not who starts. Sure, but usually your starters are the ones that finish the game, usually. And usually you're not paying guys $191 million over five years and potentially more to be your reserve sixth man, usually. So this was more, this, this rant here today was more about trying to explain it away from a basketball point of view. Because guess what happened? And we'll talk more about the Rockets game here in a moment. But guess what happened? Tyus Jones did not have his best game against the Houston Rockets. The starters for the Memphis Grizzlies got outplayed terribly in this game. Terribly. It was unbelievable how much the Rockets were scoring on these guys. Kenyon Martin Jr., Sengun, Jalen Green. They looked like the big three of LeBron, Bosch, and Wade in terms of how they were scoring the basketball as starters. Xavier Tillman, probably his worst performance since he's been a starter. Tyus Jones, a cooler night. Jaron Jackson Jr. and Desmond Bain held up their end of the bargain, but the Memphis Grizzlies scored 42 points on their bench. 42 points. The Houston Rockets scored seven. You know who was leading that bench charge in this game? John Morant. You know who helped win the basketball game for the Memphis Grizzlies? John Morant. Hopefully, once he is mentally, emotionally prepared to do so, he returns to the starting lineup, and this is all a moot point. But I wanted to use this wonderful platform that I have, that Michael has when he's with me, to explain. Mentally, all that Morant has been through, cool. Let him come back as he sees fit. Don't excuse it for basketball reasons. Because there is no good reason that John Morant should ever be a reserve. Ever. Doesn't matter how he starts, how he finishes. The, the starting point is significant. Because usually those are the guys that finish anyway. And usually those are the guys that play with your best players most consistently. That is the point. We're going to talk more about Grizzlies Rockets next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. I don't know if you've had a chance to check this game out yet or not, but it's highly addictive, highly enjoyable. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise? Well, your dream can come true, and this game is most certainly for you. You can manage each and every aspect of your team play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for everything, from hiring the right coaches and assistants, managing free agency, the draft process, trading picks, trading players, training players, all this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free, playable offline, play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked on Grizzlies listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM, start your dynasty today. Grizzlies Rockets. Kudos to John Morant for how he played. 
shouting out Jaron Jackson Jr. and more coming up next. Stay with us. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am your host for this episode, this Thursday edition of the podcast, Joe Mullinax, Grizzlies columnist for Bluff City Media. Also do some writing over at SB Nation and Fan Sighted. Flying solo this time around, my wonderful co-host, Michael Cole, uh, busy writing about John Morant's return and all that has come from it. So we'll have DeMichael back the next time we're on these Locked On radio podcasts, however you want to say it, Waves. Um, And we'll talk more about that later on in the show. Uh, In the first segment, I talked about the decision to have John Morant be a reserve. Again, from a basketball standpoint, it makes absolutely no sense to me. From a personal standpoint, from a mental standpoint, cool, do what you need to do to get back right. And Morant at times looked very right against the Houston Rockets, as I mentioned earlier. He was the leader of that reserve group, that bench unit that helped get the Grizzlies this victory. He and Luke Kennard combined for a really strong showing offensively. 17 points for Morant, as I mentioned a moment ago. You had Luke Kennard getting a really good shooting night in terms of getting 13 points, three for five from beyond the arc. 60% from three, I'd say that's a reason to keep playing a guy plus four rebounds really kind of finding his footing as a pretty important reserve piece for these Grizzlies. And you saw one of the positives of the Morant absence, and there's not very many silver linings in these dark clouds, but something that really shined through in this game, to the credit of Morant in terms of to sit out of this one, right? If it was his call, I think that, you got to continue to see what the Grizzlies need to have if they are going to be in a position to compete for a championship. They need to have Jaron Jackson Jr. being capable of scoring 37-some points in games where John Morant plays. That matters immensely because with that type of weapon in Jaron Jackson Jr., you now have a legitimate 1B to John Morant's 1A. And you have to account for that. You have to account for that talent, that mismatch ability that Jaron has really, in the absence of Ja, he's found himself as a creator for himself. Now, he needs to get better as a creator for others. Way too many turnovers in this one. Four turnovers a lot of the times. It was because when Jaron gets going offensively, he doesn't very often look for open shooters or cutters off the dribble. He had two assists in this game, and that's, you know, kind of on the higher end for him in terms of his average. Consistently, he is more focused on getting going downhill and scoring the basketball when he does so. The next level for him is becoming a creator for others because you, you, even the Rockets would collapse on Jaron knowing that his first and second option were not to pass the basketball when he got to that level in the paint. So that's an area for improvement. But again, 14 of 20 from the field, 37 points, 8 of 11 from the charity stripe. He and Bain combined were 13 of 16. That's so important in a close game. Even in a game like this one against the Houston Rockets, that was a lot closer than it should have been. Houston won the third quarter, 32 to 26. The Rockets hung around with this Grizzlies team, and it was the Grizzlies' defense that failed them once again. Look at these numbers. Jalen Green, 10 of 18 from the field. Alperin Segun, excuse me, 11 of 15 from the field. Kenyon Martin Jr., 12 of 18. The Houston Rockets shot almost 52% from the field in this contest, and they only shot 36% from three. So that means they had a ton of success from inside the three-point line. 
it was a rough night at times for the Grizzlies starters in particular. Anybody that was assigned the defensive matchups with the Rockets, remember Dylan Brooks didn't play in this game. He was suspended for this contest because of him picking up his 18th technical foul. The Memphis Grizzlies missed him terribly, right? They missed him terribly, and people like to get their jokes off about Dylan. Dylan is a vital piece of this defense, not just because of his frame, his ability to defend and be physical, but also because of his study habits. You hear the Grizzlies coaches, Taylor Jenkins and others, the players, they say the most studious guy, the guy that is most consistently watching film, trying to get deep into scouting reports, talking with coaches. It's Dylan Brooks on the defensive end, and he was not part of this process. I think that you'll see on Friday a much different defensive showing from the Memphis Grizzlies with Dylan Brooks back in the fold. I'm not saying it's going to you know, stop Houston completely, but I don't think that the Houston Rockets will shoot that well from the field. They shot well above their season average offensively. I wouldn't expect that with Dylan coming back in. He almost likely takes it personally that that occurred without him on the floor. But the starting lineup did not have the most success outside of Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. Jaron being that lead scorer, Bain being a closer, Late in the contest, key put-back rebounds on the offensive end, big buckets being made, and John Morant deferring a bit to those guys, not necessarily overall or, or you know, purposefully passing to try to make a PR point. He did a really good job of balancing his offense. Jaron Jackson Jr. was the leading shot getter in this game. He played 35 minutes. Ja played 30 or 24 minutes. And he got 13 shots. Bain played 35 minutes. He got 13 shots. So if Ja had played a full allotment of time, he probably would have been closer to Jaron's shot attempts than he was to Bain's. And there's only so many shots to go around. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, Ja Moran is your best basketball player. So should he be shooting the ball 20 or so times a game? Yes, he should be. But the key moving forward for this Grizzlies team is how do you reintegrate Morant into a system where both Bain and Jackson have taken leaps? Because you don't need Ja to be call 12 isolation all the time. You can run sets and you can develop scheme that puts Jaron Jackson Jr. and Ja Morant in the pick and roll and really forces defenses to make some tough decisions. That's something that we haven't seen consistently from Ja and Jaron for a variety of reasons. Context matters here. You have injuries. You have other pieces of this puzzle that have made life difficult for the Grizzlies trying to get Ja and Jaron's offensive chemistry fully together. Once they figure that out, the Memphis Grizzlies are most certainly a championship contender. And they're pursuing that. There were flashes of that in this game, an alley-oop to Jaron, a little more pick and roll between those two guys. That is going to carry a lot of weight down the road. And hopefully we continue to see reps of that as the season concludes here. The Memphis Grizzlies have clinched the Southwest division now. We'll talk more about that here at the final part of our show. And they can Rest easy knowing they're going to be in the playoffs. They're continuing to pursue that number two seed. They almost certainly shouldn't rest until that is decided. But at the same time, now they can kind of look ahead. And how do we prepare for a playoff run that may not have Steven Adams? Right? He got a stem cell injection in his knee. It's very possible he won't be ready. He's the oldest guy on the roster at 29 years old. Maybe he isn't prepared to play going into the first round of the playoffs. And if that is the case... You need Jaron to be able to set those screens. You can't just depend on Xavier Tillman. That's not winning basketball. Winning basketball is making sure your best guys are in positions to make winning basketball plays. No disrespect to X, he's filled in admirably, 
Your best five right now are probably Ja Morant, Luke Kennard, Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, and Jaron Jackson Jr. How do you work in other pieces? That's obviously a very small lineup. Those are all things that Michael and I will continue to talk to here on Lockdown Grizzlies or talk about here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But Ja taking a charge late in the game, getting Sengun to foul out, that was massively important. Ja not being the focus because he wasn't a starter. He obviously got the rousing round of applause coming into the game as a reserve in that first quarter, but it was just an interesting way to see how it all played out against a bad Houston Rockets team. It was a a game that was way too competitive, way more competitive than it probably should have been. But at the same time, a win is a win, and they get to see the Rockets again on Friday. They'll have Dylan Brooks, excuse me, back in the fold, and who knows what will happen with Morant, whether he's starter or reserve. Hopefully those minutes continue and increase as he continues to get more comfortable. Next here on Locked on Grizzlies, we are going to talk about the standings in the NBA's Western Conference as they stand. Again, it's difficult to predict where exactly teams are going to be because of how tight everything is at the uh, below the four seed in the Western Conference. But before we go into a long weekend here at Lockdown Grizzlies, I do want to give you a brief lay of the land and uh, you know, kind of show you where my head is at in terms of what I'm looking for from potential first-round matchups. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel. Obviously, we are in the midst of the most fun time of the year if you're a basketball fan, especially if you're a college basketball fan. The tournament is heating up. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanBook, FanDuel Sportsbook app. Excuse me. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three-pointers drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. We are talking the lay of the land in the Western Conference and how the Grizzlies fit next here on Locked on Grizzlies. Welcome back to Locked on Grizzlies. I am your host, Joe Mullinax, flying solo on this episode. I'm a Grizzlies columnist for Bluff City Media. Again, bluffcitymedia.co slash join. Use the promo code Mullinax. 10% off an annual subscription plus a 10-day free trial. You get great Memphis Grizzlies coverage plus the Memphis Tigers plus 901 FC. Basically, every sport in Memphis that is played, we are trying at Bluff City Media to get coverage of it for five bucks a month, essentially on average. Or like I said, it works out to 72 or so dollars a year if you use the promo code Mullinax you get pretty awesome coverage of all those sports. So again, that's bluffcitymedia.co slash join. By all means, come and tag along with us over at Bluff City Media. The Grizzlies beat the Rockets. Hooray! They are in a position now where they continue to firmly hold on to the number two seed in the Western Conference. They are now two games up on the Sacramento Kings. The Grizzlies have played 72 games. Isn't that amazing? 72 games down, 10 to go. Sacramento has also played 72 games. They have 10 to go. So a two-game lead with 10 to go. Obviously, if Memphis collapses somewhere along the line, that is not an insurmountable lead. But at the same time, the Grizzlies have an easier schedule than the Kings do. Memphis has another game against Houston, like we talked about. They have a game against the Magic at home, two games against the Clippers at home next week that now will not have Paul George involved. 
So things are lining up for Memphis to hold on to the two seed. And within the next week or so, it's possible they could wrap that up, depending how Sacramento does. Uh, but if you look at the Western Conference, the top four teams are pretty much set, at least, you know, again, with the Clippers injury, maybe Golden State gets hot and tries to find a way to pick off the Suns. The six seed Warriors are a game and a half behind the four seed Suns as of this recording. Um, but the Western Conference top three seeds for sure are set. The Grizzlies will not fall below three at this stage. The Suns are six games back in the lost column of Memphis, again, with 10 games to go. That That is probably insurmountable. So the Grizzlies can rest easy knowing that they're going to avoid the Denver side of the bracket. And that is the first piece of this as I look at the Western Conference. How does Memphis, especially with Stephen Adams being iffy, Brandon Clark being out, working John Morant back into the fold over these next 10 games, how does Memphis avoid a potential second-round matchup with the Denver Nuggets or the Phoenix Suns with Kevin Durant once Kevin Durant comes back full health? Obviously, if Phoenix falls to the play-in, which is not outside of the realm of possibility, uh, there are only about two games up on the seven-seed Minnesota Timberwolves, and again, they're tied with the Thunder. It's really tight down in the second part of the uh, the playoff picture. We'll talk more about that. But getting on the side of the bracket where Kevin Durant and Nikola Jokic aren't is something that I'm interested in. The Golden State Warriors are obviously a very good basketball team. They're going to turn it on when the playoffs start. Everybody kind of knows and understands that. But this team is different. It just is. And if they can get Andrew Wiggins back, Gary Payton the second, maybe they can kick things into high gear again. But they are not the same team. That road record is extremely important. Maybe it takes the Grizzlies seven games in a first-round series. I think they can beat the Warriors, and the Warriors would be favored for obvious reasons. But I think that there's a possibility that Memphis can knock off Golden State simply because Golden State's so bad on the road. I struggle to see the Warriors all of a sudden becoming a good road team after such a large sample size, a historically bad sample size. If Golden State was just 500 on the road, if they were a 15 and 15 kind of team, right? Or a, a, a 16, 18 and 18, a 500 team, just that they would be in the, they would be in front of Memphis for the two seed. If they were a 500 team on the road, they are nine and 29 as of this recording. And that's not good, right? So it's hard for me to see them suddenly turn that on. I think Memphis would win in seven. That would be my uh, pr prediction. And of the teams that Memphis could potentially see in the first round, they are the ones that I would be most concerned about. The Los Angeles Clippers obviously have a ton of talent. They were a preseason favorite to win the NBA Finals. They've underachieved. You have the Minnesota Timberwolves, which the Grizzlies have seen before. Obviously, Rudy Gobert is there now. The issue of Gobert and Towns being together, Anthony Edwards is really coming along. That will be a difficult series. But again, compared to playing against Jokic or Durant, two Hall of Famers, I am good, would rather have that. Shy, or Shy Gilgis Alexander of the Oklahoma City Thunder, he is having a great season. The Thunder are overachieving a 500 basketball team in the mix in the play-in. Again, if they were to win a play-in game and they are the seventh seed to Memphis's two, the Grizzlies should be favored. The Dallas Mavericks, Luka Doncic returned and had a major game for the Mavericks. Luka and Kyrie are going to be a problem, but the Dallas Mavericks are going to have a real difficult time defending both Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant. They are going to be ra track races, potentially, 
track meets. They're going to be high-scoring affairs, but I think the Grizzlies have more depth. They are a better team than the Dallas Mavericks. The Utah Jazz are actively trying to not win, right, at least in terms of their roster construction. The team that trots out every night is trying to win, but they acted like a rebuilding team at the deadline. So them floating around, you would imagine that the Lakers or the Pelicans, somebody like that, is going to jump in front. The Trailblazers are four games out of the play-in mix with, again, about 10 or so to go, give or take a game for everybody in the NBA. So it's likely that Damian Lillard and the Blazers are done, which is a shame because Lillard is having such an amazing season. But it's probably between the Pelicans, the Lakers, the Jazz, the Mavericks, the Thunder, and the Timberwolves. All of those teams are within a game of each other which is pretty amazing. And it'll make for a great final couple of weeks here of the NBA season. But I am interested in the Grizzlies holding on to that two seed because it gives them home court, obviously, in the second round, assuming the Sacramento Kings win their first round series, which with the best offense potentially in the history of basketball, that's not too much of a reach, right? I know people like to write off the Kings, but I'm not going to be one of them until I see them get figured out by a good defense. There's been plenty of good defenses that they've cooked night in and night out. So I think having home court against the Kings would be important. Sacramento is a better road team than the Warriors are, 22 and 14. But again, the Grizzlies have those playoff scars that Sacramento most certainly does not have. I think that would come into play. And then Memphis would find themselves in a Western Conference Finals, and you roll the ball out and you play the best you can, whether it's the Denver Nuggets, the Phoenix Suns. You play ball, you compete as best you possibly can. So you have home court, you avoid Jokic and Durant, assuming that the standings stay where they are. If Phoenix tumbles back to the sixth seed, obviously that would change the calculus a little bit. But it's something to monitor. How does Memphis get in the easiest path to the Western Conference Finals? You can look at the West in one of two ways. You can say it's very parity-driven and there's a lot of good teams. Or you can say a lot of teams are watered down. I have watched a decent amount of basketball this year, as I do every year. I think I'm leaning towards the latter. I think that the Western Conference is so parity-stricken that there are few great teams. There's a lot of mediocre to good teams. And the Grizzlies are one of those great teams when they are relatively healthy. The Steven Adams piece is a significant one. We get an update on him in the next week or two. That's going to matter a lot. Because if Adams can return and play and be close to himself, I think the Grizzlies, if they're the two seed, have a pretty clear path to the Western Conference Finals. Again, assuming the standings stay the way they are. Golden State, obviously, will be a challenge no matter where they are. But at the same time, I think that it's not the same Golden State team of old. And this could be the year where the Memphis Grizzlies have their opportunity to get that passing of the torch from dynasty to dynasty. You've heard Draymond Green himself talk about how the dynasty will be after you, Dylan Brooks. Well, Dylan's a free agent, and if Memphis doesn't prioritize re-signing him, that could come sooner rather than later. So uh, I think that this could be the run. I think it's possible. I think the health of Steven Adams is paramount to that, and that is probably one of the main storylines in addition to getting John Morant back into the fold over the next week or so for the Memphis Grizzlies. Thank you so much for making Locked on Grizzlies your first listen today. Now make your second listen game-to-game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysts and an analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. 
The next time we are here on Locked on Grizzlies will be Monday. We are taking Friday off. No offense to the Houston Rockets, but since John Morant played and played a decent amount on Wednesday night, I don't think the Houston Rockets need a second bit of evaluation. I'm going to take a day off. DeMichael's going to take a day off. We're going to catch our breath and get ready for the postseason sprint heading into next week. So the next time we see you will be on Monday. We'll talk about the second Houston Rockets game. We'll also talk about the Atlanta Hawks. By then, we should have a better idea of what the uh, the reality of John Morant is as a starter moving forward. I, I think everybody assumes that's going to happen, but when is the question. We'll also be able to react to his first road game, going to go into Atlanta on Sunday, how Jaw is received, cheers, boos, the idea of the Grizzlies being the most hated team in the league now. We'll talk about that much more on our next episode. But again, that'll be on Monday. A little bit of a break for us here at Lockdown Grizzlies, taking a three-day weekend. Uh, we'll see you next time on Monday's show. Rate, review, subscribe, like, comment, however you do your podcasts. Checking us out on YouTube. Thank you so much for making us a part of your experience. Check out DeMichael over at the Commercial Appeal in Memphis. Check out my work at Bluff City Media. It is appreciated. We are so grateful for the continued support. The blog, uh, the podcast continues to grow. We get good feedback, good comments over on YouTube. Um, even when you don't like what we say or you don't like what I say in particular, uh, it's good feedback and it's appreciated. Continue to do so. Continue to make us part of your Memphis Grizzlies experience. So I'm Joe Mullinax. Have a wonderful weekend. It'll be interesting to see how the Grizzlies and John Morant respond against the Rockets a second time and then against the Atlanta Hawks. But we'll save all that for Monday. So until then, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. I'm Joe Mullinax. Stay locked in. This is Locked on Grizzlies.